You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. Uh, we didn't make you wait two weeks this time around. We're back with episode 91, just a week later. Uh, Jimmy and Brandon are with me. No listener questions this week because we are going to prime you guys for Roma's upcoming Mercata, one that we hope will be fruitful and uh, really reinforce the squad. Uh, active on the market already. Guys, uh, Matic already signed for Roma. Two-year deal from what I saw. Uh, Jim, you did the, the signing piece, right? Was it you that did the piece? Yeah, I did. You want to give us and the get- details maybe? Yeah, sure. So it sounds like he's going to be making about $3.5 million net, which sounds like a lot. But then you realize that he's got that whole uh, kind of, you know, the whole, I forget the name of it, but the... the like Decreto Crescito or something. Exactly. Something the same like thing that... that tax that, break. So, so Yeah, so the same tax break that lets us pay Tammy Abraham a whole lot more than we probably could otherwise. Um, and honestly, like my my read on this is assume, we're, we're, we're so linked to players like Fratezzi, and Gonzalo Guedes like this does not strike me as like a starting 11 move and if it's a depth move I'm pretty happy with it um I think that one of the big things that we really saw throughout the season the reason why we needed to sign Sergio Oliveira on a loan deal in January was because we had no we had no real useful experience depth in midfield um especially with Veratu underperforming it was like who who do we bring in when there's an injury or when something happens and Eduardo Bove came in for some sub minutes here and there and was useful but you shouldn't have to be relying on a guy like him if you want to be able to compete in multiple competitions so i would argue that Matic is the type of deal that you definitely need to make if you want to be competing you know in the league in a european competition and who knows maybe even for that silver star yeah so first, Brandon, how are you doing this week? And then I think we'll get into Matic a little bit since he's the uh, the new name on the squad. Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain. I think in terms of the Matic deal, I love it. And um, as a depth piece, I don't, um, you know, you certainly don't want 34-year-old Matic with a lot of mileage on his legs um, taking a starting spot, especially for a team that's, you know, has European commitments. And so you're playing once every three days, essentially, 
and um, I'm sure we all we all agree that that probably would not work out well. But as a depth piece, um, who can provide that veteran experience? So like these youngsters who now have a taste of what winning silverware is like, um, that should be a great boost to the locker room. And then you know he's one of Mourinho's guys, so it's another show of faith in the front office of Mourinho that they're getting in who he wants to bring in. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I've seen on social media, maybe people who are either wary of the club's Mercato because we've been through it a few times or people maybe who are uh, following the club more now because of Mourinho that, oh, you know, you got to do better for Mourinho at DM than Matic, yada, yada, yada. But it's June 14th today. He was signed on June 13th, right? The Mercato for actual transfers, I think technically doesn't even open until July 1 until you could actually make those uh, official. This is a free agent move. So you could, they can make it official, which they did. But I think it's exactly what you said. I think it's a depth move. He, and it fills a couple roles, right? You have a more defensive midfielder than you've had under Mourinho so far. Uh, when, and he's one of his old guard, reliable kind of players that Mourinho knows very well. They've been through the battles together with Chelsea and with United. It's a guy that Mourinho brought to United after having him at Chelsea. So I'm sure Mourinho was the main reason. Matic was probably the first phone call they made after Henrik Mkhitaryan left. And you guys are right. He's a veteran who will provide leadership in the locker room replaces the uh, Mkhitaryan, the Oliveira type players in the locker room. And I think really replaces Oliveira on the roster. I think that's kind of a like for like in the sense of uh, older veteran midfielder who can give you depth. Those two match weeks, you can spell whoever the starting midfielders are. And, you know, in a big match, maybe he does start because he's got the experience to not shy away from a Juventus or an Inter, whereas a younger player might, you know, not be ready for that big, big spot yet. So I think it, I think it's a good move. Um, you know, I think the panic behind it, like, oh, he's 34. What, what are they doing? I think is a little unfounded at this point. And until we see Mourinho running him out there twice a week, week after week, there's no reason to think that he's a starting defensive midfielder. So <clears throat> with that in mind, I think you guys would agree that there should be some other defensive type midfielder, Regista type, probably hopefully in the card somewhere in this Mercato. Yeah, I, I think that there's definitely going to be a DM signing beyond this. Uh, I'm still not 100% clear on what role Pratesi would fill. Um, I, he might take the Vertu role, kind of more of a box-to-box -box midfielder. Um, it's an open question of whether he would start or not. I think that, you know, if you drop as much money as we're rumored to be dropping on him, he probably should be starting. Uh, however, I got to say... It seems like a lot of people are looking at other clubs and seeing like, you know, Holland being signed or whatever and being like, why isn't Roma dropping 100 million euros on some guy just yet? And first of all, to the people who are new to following Roma or newish, that's just not how this club operates. Like, and until we get bought by like some company that some company or corporate or country that commits human rights violations, like that's not how we're going to be. That's not how we're going to be doing it. Um, and I would just say like, Matic is the type of signing we need if we and like the players that we've been linked to throughout for midfield depth for attacking depth uh, I'm pretty excited by those names and we'll obviously be getting more into, into more detail about that later in the podcast yeah oh, now go ahead Stephen. I was just going to say I think in terms of role Fratezi you brought up Fratezi I think he is going to be more the Ver two replacement the box-to-box -box guy that's kind of uh how he he's done things in his Serie B loans and then even uh, a little bit as well as he can chip in the goals. He can, and I think he's a little bit more physical than Vertu from, I, you know, I've seen him a few times in, in the league, but I also read up on him a little bit on scouted football. They had a nice write-up they did about halfway through last season. You know, he's a, a, a pretty physical defender. He's got his Italy call-ups now, so he's clearly got the eye of Roberto Mancini. And I think 
he does fill that box to box role. Maybe like what we used to see from Brian Cristante at Atalanta, maybe that type of player. Maybe if they do get a DM, players like Cristante and Fratesi, if he arrives, could be freed up to play that box to box role with a little less defensive responsibility. Yeah, I was going to say uh, to that point, if you do bring in that world-class um, defensive midfielder that we've been looking for, that does free up Cristante to play a little bit in his natural role um, that he did so well in Atalanta. So I'm not really sure who, who um, you know, they're ultimately going to bring in because as we know, the, the club kind of operates in secrecy. Um, I know the Montage deal is a little telegraphed just because of the Mourinho relationship but i could probably bank that whoever does come in and is that quote-unquote marquee signing is the name that we haven't you know even seen reports of yet um so really curious to see who that's going to be yeah and just while we're on fratezzi you know this the one thing that worries me because i do want fratezzi to come is you're right they they really up, operate under the radar in terms of signings that even abraham when he came it was it happened quick last year right like we didn't hear any links for, you know, weeks after weeks. Um, so Fratezzi, I think the reason this is maybe a little more telegraphed than what we've seen from Pinto if he does arrive is because Roma does have that 30% um, sell-on fee where they have a position of power over other clubs where they can say, you know, we'll offer you this and a couple maybe youngsters um, to so you don't have to give us $10 million if you sell them for 30 or whatever it may be. But, I mean, I, I like what I see from him. And I'm all for bringing a Roman back home if he's up to task. And Fratezzi looks to be up to task. Now, one thing it's created some debate is, like, okay, you're not going to pay probably $20 million straight cash for him, right? Or $30 million if that's what Sassuolo values him at. So I saw reports yesterday um, on Football Italia through Calcio Mercato that, you know, the deal could total $30 million, including player valuations going the other way. Some players linked have been... Um, I know Bove was the name they said that Sassuolo wants. I think Bove is off limits from what it seems uh, Mourinho has plans for him. But, you know, Volpato, uh, Fenijan, um, players like that, I think maybe Trippi might have been one of the other names. That there was a few names out there. How do you guys feel about giving up a player like a Volpato or a, a Fenijan in a deal to get Fratesi back? I'm not too high on a Finnegan at this point, but it seems like the rest of Serie A is. So, like, if, if he can help defray the cost, I'm fine with that. The two players that I really don't want touched under any circumstances are Bove and Zalewski. Um, I think that they've both shown an ability to impress consistently in, in a Serie A context. I would like to keep Bolpato around because he's just an exciting kind of player to watch. Uh, but I also won't be super torn up if we use him for the right player. And I think Fratezzi would be the right player to bring back. Uh, as for the others, I mean, they've been linking practically every Primavera prospect we've got who's worth, you know, half a Euro um, to this deal. And I would say that as long as it doesn't, it's really hard to predict how well these prospects are going to play in the future. And there's definitely an argument to be made that like, let's say you send a Filippo Missori over to Sassuolo like his career could explode in a way that it never could at Roma because he would be behind Rodri Banez. Um, he would be behind Gianluca Mancini. He'd be behind Max Kumbula, all these players in the depth chart. So this is one of the reasons why I wish we had a club that we could send like a smaller Serie A club or a Serie B club where we had a good enough relationship where we could just like shunt out all of our exciting young players on loan and actually expect them to play regularly. Uh, because 
Yeah, I mean, for some of these players, I think it would be a blessing to be able to get out of the Rome system for a bit. And I mean, we saw that with Fratesi. Was he going to start at any of the seasons before this at Roma? I doubt it. But now he's ready to be a complete player for the club. Yeah, and he was even loaned out by Sassuolo a couple times to Serie B to really find his footing a bit. Uh, so I think you bring up a great point there. But, you know, we've seen, and Sassuolo is a good, has a good working relationship. You know, Pellegrini went there for two years on loan or with option to buy back and Roma obviously exercise because they knew Pellegrini had a future with the club, but players can go to a club like Sassuolo who, who does a good job of developing young players. Them and Atalanta seem to be like the two, um, you know, I don't want to say middle, not middle of the road, but like mid-sized clubs, so to speak, that develop players for larger clubs, sometimes to their own benefit to keep them. Sometimes they sell them back or the team loans them. And, and it works out well for players, and it, we've seen it work well for Pellegrini, Nel Fret, Nat Fratesi. And my whole thing is it I'm fine sending a Fenijan there if it's going to defray the clause. Even Volpato, I think, as long as you keep uh, some kind of like sell-on fee or a buyback clause, something that gives you a little bit negotiating power if he does explode, right? If you get a, say you get a buyback clause set at $15 million for Volpato and he explodes over a two-year loan spell or something similar to Pellegrini, then it becomes a bargain, right? They've developed him for you and he comes back a, a complete player. So there are benefits to doing it. And certainly financially, if Roma wants to go for Guedes uh, as an attacking player or a, a defensive mid, we don't really know who they might want to spend like 40 million cash on, right? I think you kind of have to do that, right, Brandon? Because Roma, we know, isn't flush with cash. They're not Man City. Yeah, and I think for me, the the player that you pick to send over to, um, you know, offset some of that cost, I think it depends on whether it's going to be a loan deal or, you know, if you're selling them, but retaining a buyback option of some sort, I think if it is, would be, you know, a straight one year, two year loan. Um, I think I would put up Volpato just because um, I, I think I'd be more willing to, to sell a Fenegion. Um, but he also has, you know, a, plenty of Serie A experience over the course of the, of last season. I know, he had that breakthrough game um, where he scored those goals and then kind of didn't really do much the rest of the season, but those minutes are, are pretty invaluable. So I think I'd be, you know, reluctant to get rid of him, um, certainly without a buyback option. And so if we're talking straight loans, I think I'm going Valpato. Um, but like you said, you know, club of our size, we kind of need to do some um, <laughs> maneuvering to get, to get these, uh, these players a little bit more affordable. Yeah, for sure. And the thing with Sassuolo's too, I just thought of is a lot of their attacking talent, Scamacca, Raspadori, even Berardi's been linked away, Traore. So if they go and sell a couple of those players, a Volpato or a Fenijan, if they go there on loan or, you know, a loan with option for a buyback or something like that, there could be minutes for them to develop. And we've seen Sassuolo develops attacking players. So there could be benefits to Roma doing that, even though it does hurt up front sometimes to say, oh, we're sending Volpato there. He might never come back. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. You know, so I think it could be an interesting move. My one totally unreasonable request of Romanisti everywhere is that if we do send a player over there and he blows up and we get Pratezi here and he has like a little bit of a like warm up time to playing for an actual big club, mm -hmm. please don't burn his house down or something like that. Like, seriously, <laughs> he's like, like we have such high expectations for these young players that we fork over a decent amount of money for. Like this happened with Max Kambula. Like we, we got Max Kambola. Everyone was like, oh, he's going to be the next Marquinhos. And then it took him like a season to, you know, become a player that could succeed for a big club as a defender, which is hard to do. I feel like people do not understand that there's a huge gap in terms of 
how you play for a club like Sassuolo or Hellas Verona or a smaller club and how you have to play for a club like Roma. Like there is a massive difference in what's expected of you, how defenses approach you, how offenses approach you. And so what I'm saying in, some, in total is like, if we sign for Tezzi and we spend, you know, 20 to 30 million euros, including players, which sounds like what the fee would be, please don't look at one of those players seeding at a much, succeeding at a much smaller club and look at Fratesi maybe having some growing pains and say like, oh man, that was just a terrible deal. Because you have to be a little bit more patient when a player, a young player in particular, is making the jump from a smaller club to a bigger club. Yeah, and I think Pellegrini is the perfect example of that, Brandon. No, like he went there, you started the Pellegrini Haters Club here, and now you've had to scale back a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're on standby. We had, a, we had to have some layoffs due to you know, struggling economy and all that. So Yeah, that, that Bitcoin, the, back, the, the, the Pellegrini hater coin has lost some value. Recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dogecoin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, but, and just to tip the capital where I Pellegrini quick, he's made an impact with the national team too, so he is starting to really get some respect. But yeah, continue your point. So, no, I mean, the game today, Pellegrini not playing – yeah, got uh, hammered. Dismantled by Germany. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of value in sending players the opposite way. And as Jimmy alluded to, so so rarely do some of these prospects work out that when you can get a player that is established in the league, even to the degree that Fertesi is, given that he's still, you know, pretty young, um, you know, you kind of have to pull the trigger on that. And, if, you know, you could have egg on your face, couple of years time but if um you know if, even if Fratezzi gives you um I don't know probably 60 percent of what you expect when you bring them in I think that's worth it um even if one of those youngsters explodes from there it's all um you know it's all about trade-offs when you when you're operating on, on the budget that we are so you know you kind of have to you know take it as it comes yeah, and I think at, for Roma, too, just to finish on Fratesi, for better or for worse, when a Roman-born, Roman-bred player is available who looks like he has star potential, like Pellegrini when we loaned him and now like Fratesi, you gotta, if you have a shot to bring him back at a reasonable price, I think you got to do it. Pellegrini's become the next Roman star. You know, we're starting to see, you know, we had Totti, we had De Rossi, and I don't, you know, Fratesi idolized De Rossi like many young Roman midfielders. Doesn't mean he's going to turn into De Rossi, but if he turns into 80% of De Rossi, it's worth it, right? Even 75, 60% because De Rossi was that great. But you got to get take a shot on these guys. And even like a Bove, right? You keep him around, see what he's got. Maybe he goes on loan if they feel like maybe he can be seasoned elsewhere. But you got to give these guys a good look if they look like they have that kind of potential. And because the opposite side of the coin is, look, Calafiori's gone on a couple loans, haven't gone well, right? So you hope that if he comes back, maybe it was just a bad loan spell or you find somewhere that he can really develop. So you can see what these guys have because you don't want a Roman going elsewhere at such a young age and really exploding. And then you're kicking yourself for not bringing home that player. Not every, you know, not everyone will work out, but the ones that do can really become stars and, and not just stars for Roma, but stars for Italy. Like we've seen over the last couple of decades with Totti De Rossi and now Pellegrini uh, going in that direction. So you know, I think we've talked about defensive mid. We still think they need to bring someone in besides Matic. I think that's pretty clear. I think that the organization has to be thinking that along those lines too. But besides defensive midfielder, what would you guys target next? Because there's some other positions that pop up all over the place. I think for me, I'd go either attacking midfielder or winger. 
um, particularly on the, you know, on the right side. Um, with Mkhitaryan leaving, that is a hole that needs to be filled. Um, and aside from um, the wingers, you know, the wingers that we have at our disposal don't really cut it often enough, especially in a substitute capacity. So if you can bring in somebody that can do both jobs, um, think of an Isco, for example, um, I think you kind of have to pull the trigger on those types of players. And especially, I mean, it's no secret for me that I, that I love Isco. So that's the one that I would want to pull the trigger on. But when you can get those players on a free who can plug into those positions and you have that um, championship pedigree, that experience that make it tar- that we're losing with Mkhitaryan leaving, I think those are the type of players that you have to shoot for. Yeah, positionally, I agree. I think we have to go for either an attacking mid or a winger or a hybrid type like Mkhitaryan could play, depending on if Mourinho wants to play the 3-4-2-1. If he wants to play the 4-2-3-1, maybe he wants to switch back and forth. So someone who can either team up with Pellegrini in that two behind Abraham or play wide in the three if they have to. I know Zalewski can now do that because Spinozola's back, so that helps out a little bit at the wing. I think El Sharari sticks around and probably plays that sub role that he did pretty well at times this year. But I think Carlos Perez is probably in the way out. So you're going to need another uh, a winger. Ideally, do you want to play Zaniol on the wing if he's if he's still around? Probably not, depending on the formation you play. But I, I think they do need another dynamic player. Maybe they go after Inisco. Maybe they spend the money on Aguedes, uh, who's been linked a lot from Valencia, especially now that uh, Gattuso's there. Maybe Gattuso's not the most attack-minded coach. Maybe he wants out. Uh, you know, He said he would have to evaluate his future. I don't know too much about the player because I don't really watch La Liga much, but I know he's fairly highly thought of. Um, but I think Roma does have to go in that direction because even with Eldor also in the mix, Roma did not provide enough goals behind Abraham and Pellegrini. I thought the goal scoring needs to be better. Hopefully another Yavzaniolo a year out from injury would increase to maybe a 10 goal output or something you hope from him. But, uh, for all the defensive improvements, the lack of goals uh, in the attack outside of Abraham and Pellegrini, I think certainly has to be addressed. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think that right back is probably actually the place of most need, assuming that we've got midfield covered. Um, just because I really, I now like Rick Karsdorp, but I don't think that he can just play every single match again this seat like he did this season, practically. Uh, David Santon is gone, thankfully. Uh, but, you know, we don't have a backup right back right now. And I don't trust any of the Primavera grads to be able to just like slot in perfectly um, at age 18 or 19 as a backup right back. Uh, the good news is that sounds like that might actually be one of the priorities heading into the summer. Uh, there's a Turkish right back from Lille who is apparently very highly thought of who we should be, who we look like we're going after. Um, Fairly affordable too. I think from the rumors I've like seen, eight, right? like only, I mean, defend defenders seem relatively affordable period, but like, you know, for a, for a backup right back, I would say 8 million is a decent investment. Yeah. And uh if we're able to bring him in, I'll be pretty happy. I think that the name of the game, as Mourinho said throughout the entire season, was we need more depth. And so I I would not acknowledge that there's a need for at least one or two flashy signings. I think Fratezi would qualify as one of those, to be honest. Um, but outside of that, uh, I think that the most important thing we need to do is make depth signings like Matic, like this guy from Lille. Uh Basically, I mean, even like some other free agents that we've signed, like Neil Svilar, like we need we need enough depth that if somebody comes up injured, we don't just like suddenly lose a bunch of points. Or if people are tired, we can actually say, hey, you get a rest this match. And we don't have like the inter situation where because of injuries and red cards and fatigue, we just get run ragged by a really good team. 
Um, that's what I want to avoid going into next season. Any, any situation where because of cards and injuries, we're just, you know, shown up by some team that, that that's really what I want to avoid. Yeah. And I, I think Selleck from what I've read about him and looking at numbers and things like that seems like a 25 year old with pretty good experience at Lille, four years at Lille, a club that won the league, uh, not this season, but the one before it, you know, he's, he's played over 2000 minutes every year there. I mean, he's a minutes eater. He played 2,700 minutes this year in the league in France. His first year, there was 2,900 minutes. So having him in cars would be right. I think you need that depth. I think a lot of what this Mercato will be is building that depth so that Mourinho can play on two fronts and still try to qualify for the top four and, and win another European trophy. If, it, if that's in the cards, they get a good draw and they can progress deep into the Europa League and hopefully challenge the Copa Italia more too. I mean, that, that's been disappointing for years now. So Selleck seems like a good player for that role I, from what i've read slightly more defensive than Karzorp, which in certain matches you might want to play a little more defensively on the right side especially with spinazzola busting down the left side so i think if you have two right backs of that quality that's the depth Mourinho is talking about bringing a player like Selleck, affordable Karzorp doesn't get burned out i mean that that seems to, to be the name of the game right brandon yeah definitely and you know as Mourinho has talked about it before and many managers have talked about it before where Ideally, you know, you'd have two quality starters in every position. And with a club with a budget like Roma's, that's not necessarily ideal but or necessarily possible, but you can get as close as you can. And, you know, right right with Spinazzola on the left, um, you don't want two marauding fullbacks up the wing, leaving your center backs exposed, especially if it is a, a Banyas Mancini pairing or Banyas Kambula or Mancini Kambula's, where they're a little more um, inexperienced, then if Smalling is there and they don't necessarily have that safety net. So to have a more defensive minded pullback um, is a great option for Marino to, Marino to have at his disposal. Yeah, that, that's for sure. So we've talked about some of the positions Rome is going to need to address. So DM, right back, probably the attack. One player who's been possibly linked with an exit is Zaniolo. We've talked a lot that we don't really want to see him go. Now we have a, a transfer market piece that's coming out on the site in the next day or two, um, like a round table. And one of the questions Bren posed, which I think is a, a, an interesting discussion is if Roma had to sell one of their younger budding players who has a lot of probably, you know, value in the market, say 40 million or more, Rodri Banez, Nicolo Zaniolo, two guys who've been linked with other clubs and you can only keep one, who are you keeping? Zaniolo. Easy. I think, yeah, I go with that. <laughs> I think this club has shown a knack for replacing quality center backs with other quality center backs over the years. So there's a track record there. Um, I know it's a different front office and all that, but generally you trust the scouting to be relatively the same throughout. Um, and then, you know, Zaniolo is the one with the superstar potential. Obviously, it's easier to say that for an attacker rather than a defender. Just and defenders don't necessarily get the superstar credit that they deserve sometimes. But I think we've seen more flashes of it from Zaniolo than Ibanez. So if you do have to pull the trigger on one, I think you have to go Ibanez to to go. Yeah, Jim, did you want to add anything? Because I know you said Zaniolo too. Yeah, Zaniolo is my answer. I don't think it's that hard of a choice for me. Uh, we also just have so much depth at the center back position right now. I mean, even if, if you want to say Smalling, Mancini, uh, Kumbula, and, you know, we've got some pretty exciting prospects coming in through the Primavera too. And I haven't really heard about too many right winger or like attacking like fantasy stuff type. 
prospects that we've got in the pipeline. I mean, Volpato is the only one who seems like he could come close. Uh, and even then, it's not like Zaniolos don't grow on trees. And it, it, not to say that elite center backs do either, but I feel like they grow more on trees for Roma. Yeah, I, I'm on, along the same lines. And that was what my thinking was, the same thing as Brandon. Like, Zaniolo's superstar potential, does he reach it? Maybe, maybe not, right? After the injuries, he seems to be physically well. Uh, he's shown the potential to still do it. The, the mental side still needs work. But what is he? He's still 22 years old. I mean, people are writing him off like he's 28 years old, a player who's never going to learn the game well enough to have the vision to make a pass, yada, yada, yada. He's young, right? He's got a superstar potential. We've had plenty of center back come through for a year or two and then explode into superstar status. Now, you hate to lose him young because the value is not as good as, say, Marquinhos. Keep him another year or two. Roma's tripling what they probably made off him. But uh, Ibanez... You know, he's got the the other mental side needs work, too. So even for all his athleticism. So I think he's more replaceable for sure, especially if they both turn into stars. And, you know, you could go out and get like a Marco Sinesi, maybe and get a left footed center back, which Roma really uh, probably wants because they have four right footed players right now. So I think it's easier to replace Ibanez for sure than Zaniolo. I don't think there's any way you could get rid of Zaniolo at this point, unless the only way I could see that is if he asks for the move. Right. Or he says, I'm not re-signing. Then they're like, well, he's going to be out of contract in another season after next. He drops in value. Maybe that's, that's the only way I could see him them making a move. I mean, any other way, you have to be blown away by an offer, right? And I don't think anybody's blowing them away from what we've been reading in the press. Right. And then, you know, you have to ask, which, which player would other clubs bite your hand off to sign? And right. nine out of ten probably would pick Zaniolo. So... I think therein lies your answer on who to keep. <laughs> and I think the danger is, too, all the links with Zaniolo are inter, uh, not inter, rather, M- Milan, Juve, in the league, right? You see the Ibanez links. It's like Newcastle, places abroad. Like, if I'm going to sell somebody, I'm selling them abroad, especially if they go and blow up, because maybe we face them in the Champions League or buy some off chance, right? If you're selling somebody to Milan, you sell Zaniolo to Milan for what the rumors are saying, like 40 million cut cut down with some players involved and he really explodes you're selling the Scudetto winners one of your highest potential players at a not a crazy price can, can you imagine if Roma sold Salah to Juve yeah. and he blew yeah. up the way he did like yeah <laughs> I mean like honestly in hindsight it's kind of for the best that Benatia did not blow up because like anytime that that has happened that we've sold someone to Juve like Pjanic going to Juve Benatia going to Juve they've never like super duper impressed which I guess is for the best because I would have been so miserable if Pjanic just turned like into a Juventus all-timer um, that would have really stuck yeah yeah I mean it, it always hurt to be sell in league and then the player blows up you know even like luckily Romagnoli didn't turn out to be anything that special at Milan you know because those those always get tricky when they get sold in league um, so a, another interesting question Brent posed and I think it's worth thrown out there for fun is if Roma were to get a middle of the road type player, 15 to 20 million euros to help fill out the roster that maybe could help any position that maybe has a need that we can't afford to obviously throw 50 million at all those positions. Anybody jump to mind that you might like to see Roma go after. So for me, I uh, think Simeone from hell else would be great. Um, I know that he wants Champions League football, and so we can't necessarily provide that right now. But um, he'd be a great signing, especially as a depth piece, either to play alongside Tammy if Mourinho wanted to play two up top, or as a depth piece playing, um, you know, taking some of the load off of Tammy. Um, 
in my before I had answered that though, in my head, I don't, you know, he probably definitely is not worth 15 to 20 million, but nine galon reunion, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the player that came to me also was from Hellas, and it's the Roma connection. Gianluca Caprari's been really good the past couple seasons for them. Plays the wing. He's getting some national team attention now. He's 28 years old in his prime. He's an upgrade over Carlos Perez at this point. Maybe that, that's a player who could help. But I love the Simeone shot. Like, if you could get a player like that to come in and really fill out the striker position, I think that would be great depth to have. Um, Jim, anybody come to mind? Uh, I feel like, honestly, it's very hard for me to say because so many of the names that I'd really love to have here need Champions League football to get. And so it's more of a... I'm more dream casting towards next season, to be honest with you, uh, assuming that we're able to get top four, which I think is actually a somewhat realistic hope for next season. Um, if we can get top four, then I think that a lot of doors start opening, um, yeah. whether that's really exciting prospects coming in or whatever. Like a lot of them didn't pan out during the Sabatini era, the Pelota era, when we were making the Champions League every year. But like we were fighting for pros- like exciting prospects with Barcelona and Manchester City and Liverpool and player and clubs like that when we were making the Champions League regularly. And for us to get back to that level where it's like kind of fun dream casting about like who we could sign, I think we need to get Champions League football again. And now we have Mourinho. So if we do get that top four, you know, the, the doors for even more players open up. So let me throw a couple names at you that are free agents from Serie A that would you, would you be interested in this player? Now, Dries Mertens, 34 years old, on a free. Would you take a shot at him on a similar, like, Matic-type deal to fill out the attack? I'm going no, because I think we only have a limited uh, amount of, of roster spots for players 30 and up. And um, if we go Mertens, I think that kills my East Coast dream. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, I, I don't really want... <laughs> Mertens either just because I've got so many memories of him being an absolute I'm censoring myself um (laughs) just being a pain in the neck um against Roma and just being a pain in the neck in general and like I know that like you if you if you've got a player on your team who everyone else hates like you you'd hate him if he was on anyone else's team and vice versa usually that type of guy is a player that you end up loving um if he's on your team at the same time you know, uh, he doesn't excite me too much. I, I worry that his profile is someone who's going to fall off the face of the earth very quickly once he gets the wrong side of three. The other name that comes to mind for me is, and this would be as a backup to Tammy, would you have any interest in Andrea Bellotti, 28 years old, 29, whatever he is, to fill out the, the attack a little bit, give you some striker depth? At the right price, of course. Yeah, I'd go for Bellotti. Um, I think... He's been at Torino so long that his stock has really plummeted. And I think his his, uh, his performances on the national team leave a lot to be desired. And I think that was one of the main criticisms levied towards him, even when he was doing well with Torino. But um, he, he's obviously a very talented player at his core. So I think if you, you, know, you want to take a flyer on him and bring him in to, again, like be the backup to soak up minutes for Tammy or play alongside him, depending on the formation that we're going with, I think it's probably worth a shout. I'm kind of skeptical of Belotti succeeding at a big club because whenever he's played for Italy, I've never been super impressed. Um, that's my biggest thing holding me back from being fully on board with that. As a backup, he might be good. 
Um, but I also don't know if we're going to get off the Shemurdov contract anytime soon. And I do wonder, like, you know, there's only so many strikers we can keep on payroll. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, Belotti, if you could get him at the right price and he's willing to come be a backup to Tammy, I think he's worth a shot because he can score goals. He works his ass off off the bench if or in the starts he would make. Uh, I think Mourinho would love his work rate, uh, which is why I actually thought maybe he might be a target last summer when he was uh, one year away from the deal and we got Tammy, thank goodness. But I think he could be intriguing. In uh, Merton's a little less exciting at 34 years old. He would have to be like a last-minute signing, in my opinion, if you can't get like a, a Guedes or someone a little more exciting in the attack let's run through a couple names real quick as we wrap up if you think this player will still be here next year because we have some players who will obviously be on the way out uh going down the roster i'm going to jump around to some names who might be on the way out there too i think we agree he's gone gone see ya. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um what about vina he's staying that's my take i they're not gonna like i i think that there's a lot of reasons to think that he'll have an uptick of a season and i also think that zalewski is going to be pushed forward especially with Mkhitaryan and probably El Shirabi gone. Um, so I could see Zalewski in more of an attacking role, Vigna getting a lot more minutes with Spinazzola um, and, you know, shining in his own way. Yeah, I don't think you can get rid of Vigna just yet, even if Zalewski can slot in in a pinch. I think um, Spinazzola is still coming off that devastating injury. And so even though it looks like he's has no signs of rust or anything like that, um, lingering injury. I still think you need to keep Vina just as an insurance. Agreed. So Vertu is a sell. Vina is a, a keep, which means what do you do with Calafiori? Loan, uh, sell, or keep? I'd loan him out again. Yeah, I think you got to loan him out again. I don't want him sitting on the bench in Rome. Like, this is the problem with exciting prospects in Rome. Like, so often they don't actually get the minutes necessary to thrive in Rome from day one. Like Zaniolo's and to a, and to a lesser extent, Felix Afanagian's and maybe to a greater extent, Zalewski's are rare um, in the sense that they got a lot more playtime than prospects usually do in Rome. Uh, part of that is just the way that Italian football works. Another part of it is that Rome is a big club and the high expectations are high. Um, so it's very hard for a player to just be thrown into the fire of playing for a big club from day one. Um, I hope that Calafiori can get like a, loan to a Serie A club that isn't a total dumpster fire because uh, unfortunately that's kind of what happened to him this season yeah like he just got stuck at a terrible club and you can't do too much about that from his perspective like who would have thought that you know Genoa would be this bad um but I'm hopeful that he can find a, a loan and impress and you know give us problems about how many great players we have on the left flank all right a couple other quick ones Perez Sal yeah out, out of here Diawara Sal Yep. Yep. Uh, Darboe. Loan or sell. Like if we threw him in to get somebody else, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Agreed. agreed. Yep. Uh, Reynolds, uh, at least another loan at minimum. I don't know if there's he much resale loan. value. I yeah. think that's a sell. If you sell, it's probably back to the States, right? Or, or yeah, yeah. Or I don't feel the need to sell him just yet. You got to remember, he's young. I, I give him time. Loan him. I think if we bring in sell, like you have to sell. You might have yeah. to sell. Yeah. I don't know if they get much, but I, I agree. Um, and other than that, I think we agree. Shamordoff is staying. I don't think they're getting out of that contract. And uh, and then it's, you know, Pinto's work to get rid of the VRs and, and players like that who are on loan, the uh, Clovert, uh, those players on loan mm-hmm. if their loans aren't renewed. So uh, that's our Mercado preview. Hopefully next week we're back and maybe there'll be some more Fratesi news. And, uh, you know, we'll see where the, mer- the market's going from there and any other news we can update you guys on. So thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you soon. 